welcome to Open House Podcast with James Tatum. This podcast is about conversations that we have in the gym. Everything from training methods, technique, massage, and other odd topics that come up. So make sure you subscribe, leave a review. All that stuff helps us out a lot. What's up, George? How you doing, man? Hey, how's it going, Coach? Uh, feeling pretty good. Going well. Uh, American Open Finals was fun. Starting the two-a-days, you know, getting the blood flowing in the morning. Felt pretty good going to training at night. Yeah, we just uh, we just competed at the American Open Finals in Denver, and uh, you uh, you get back and you're starting two a day training right away. So uh, so it's, well, it was uh, it was Wednesday. So today is Thursday for our listeners. It's uh, so five days after the competition, and uh, yesterday was your first two a day. How's it uh, how's it feel training twice a day? Honestly, like it better because um, in the morning it allows me time to do more more so mobility work. And just in the evening time as well so i had a little bit of extra time to do more mobility and then um that first workout kept me warm throughout the day so when i went back in the evening time i didn't have to spend nearly as much time warming up it was a quicker warm-up and got to get to work quicker and i just felt like overall it was a lot better yeah that's the uh, that's the cool thing about training twice a day is that you really it is kind of like a warm-up and so then when you go back at that second time it's just like you know everything opens up a lot quicker and uh yeah there's a, i think there's a lot to be said i mean what we're doing is we're just increasing the frequency of your snatching so we're um you know of course we're snatching in the morning we're just getting into those positions more times more often just so that uh you get a little bit of extra training in the snatch and kind of get that uh get that technique more and more ingrained because i think you're ready to be at that level where it's just going to take another big jump yeah i'm feeling good going going into nationals that should be the next competition so i'm sure all these two days would pay off um just alone no hook no feet snatches felt a lot better than they normally do from coming in, in the mornings and doing snatches and the a.m session then going back and doing them later in the evening because normally no hook and no feet to complete mess for me <laughs> yeah so you snatched in the morning and then in the evening you went for a uh, a three rep max on uh, no hook no feet is that right i think that's yeah, right. that's right and uh worked out to 93 kg and i caught it there because it got a little sloppy but it was moving a lot better than normal normally i get around like 80 kg and it starts to get a little weird nice yeah that's the that's the tricky thing with no hook stuff is really you think you could just keep going because it doesn't feel as heavy or it's not as heavy, but you know, it, uh, it, uh, it falls off really quick. Um, we got one guy in the gym, Kevin, and he was maxing out. He was doing actually a max out last Wednesday and he was, he wasn't using a hook grip and like he got up to, he got up to 72 kilos as best as I think right around 80. And, uh, I was like, ah, he's not looking so hot today. And then like the next rep that he hit, I think he missed 72 and then he went to 73 and then he hit it. And it was like nothing. I was like, man, you just like woke up. Would you just have like some pre-workout or something? He's like, no, I finally started using the hook grip. And I was like, oh my gosh, this guy wasn't even using a hook grip. There's a few people like that. Uh, actually this past weekend, uh, a girl, uh, Sarah Wright, who lifts for a uh, rising tide. Uh, she used to lift for muscle driver and be a teammate of mine. And she's a, she was a 48 and now she was a 49 and she won the American opens as a 49 and uh, she used to not live with a hook grip either. And she just she must've had some crazy good grip strength because 
it was impressive. She was hitting some pretty big numbers. It was a 48. She was, uh, I don't remember exactly because it was quite a few years ago, but it was in the 60s that she was hitting with no hook grip as a 48. And I forget what she snatched. You know what? I'll look that up now. I think she, uh, I think she snatched like um, almost 80 kilos. Oh, there goes Instagram making a lot of noise. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Uh, I know someone who snatches and like clean jerks with no chalk, and I thought that was hard. So the fact that she was using no hook grip at all, that's, that's insane. Yeah, so she snatched 80, and then she clean jerked 95 for 175 total for the win. Yeah, yeah, going no chalk, man, that just depends on what kind of bar you have. I mean, if you've got a pretty sharp bar, I think you could get away with it. But if you've got like a slick bar, uh, yeah, that'd be tough. What kind of bar are you training with without any uh, chalk? Uh, it's, it's a Puros bar, but I don't know. The knurling on my Puros bar doesn't seem as sharp as some. And then because there's like the ones at the American Open Finals, the knurling was a little bit more sharp. And then mine's pretty smooth. So if I didn't use chalk, I would lose it for sure. Yeah, I wonder if that's something where they like personalize it when you order one of those bars. Like, do you want it sharp and early or, or um, did you buy it or is it just at the gym? No, I ordered it online. Um, I got it for a Christmas present though, so I don't really remember if it was an option or not. I know mm. they had the option between the um, Chrome and then the other one wasn't Chrome. It was like a few hundred bucks difference. Yeah, the uh, was the Chrome more expensive or was it stainless steel? Uh, the stainless steel was more expensive, yeah. Yeah, I like stainless steel just because it uh, just because won't rust. You know what? I'm going to go through the checkout process right now on Rogue Fitness for uh, Puro's bar. All right. 28 millimeters, stainless steel. Let's see if they let you choose the uh... – well, I just picked the chrome. still says stainless steel. Oh, the sleeves hey. are chrome finish. Yeah, that's interesting that they do a different uh, a different selection of the, the shaft and the sleeves. All right, continue as guest. All right. Yeah, it's not letting me choose anything else. So it's uh, I guess it's just pretty standardized as far as you get what you get. Gear specs. Yeah, so the uh, I've heard that Rogue has been kind of... Uh, inconsistent i don't know if they're like changing some things in their warehouse or whatever's going on but the uh the quality of their uh, or not the quality the uh the consistency of their barbells is uh is not consistent across the board you know they don't have that mcdonald's consistency you know they're uh they're getting different because uh my bar was supposed to be a purist bar and it was a boneyard purist bar which they could have just messed that up and just sent me whatever but my bar spins a lot more than the Puros bars that they have now. And then you're saying like the, the neural is completely different. Uh, yeah. I don't even see anything with, you know, it just says Olympic neural. It's not even given us any. Yeah. yeah I was, was going to say mine's got a pretty controlled spin too, compared to the one that's at the gym. The one that you have at the gym spins, spins pretty well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's what they're saying. They're saying they got the perfect neural that was, um, uh, uh, textured and controlled, uh, P 
Puros approved barbell with the neural and the center neural and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's what they're trying to control. And it doesn't seem maybe now they've got it down. Maybe they were just keep switching around. They kept going back and forth, but, um, uh, you know, there's still a pretty good bar, both of them, but they, uh, they definitely are different. Yeah. I like to train with it, especially since they use them at the, uh, American open American open finals and nationals and stuff like that. So by the time I get there, it's like, I'm just using my own bar that I have at home transfers pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, I mean, that's a good thing to do is to be able to train on the bar that you compete on, which I think is a pretty valuable thing because a Piro's bar feels a lot different than, um, than an Alico bar, I think, especially like the new Alico bars. Well, they, they don't spend that much either. Uh, we're, I think we're kind of out of the days of the bars of like the Alico bars that spin so much. Because uh, Alico's bars don't spin that much e- anymore. Um, Usaka bars don't spin that much. Uh, a, probably the Piro's bar spins a little bit more than the Alico and the uh, Usaka. Then uh, I think Worksan still spins quite a bit. I wonder what kind of bars they are using at the World Championships. I think I saw that they were using um, uh, Worksan. So the, the uh, IWF World Championships in Uzbekistan is going on right now. Uh, I think they had like the 40, uh, 45 kilo lifters and maybe the 49s already left. Yeah, they're uh, they're competing on works on over there now at the World Championships. And those are some uh, very spinny and very whippy bars. Uh, I would I would equate those a little bit closer to uh, the Pyros bar that I have. It feels more like a works on. What's that one brand? Is it like ZBC or ZBK? Something like that. ZB something. Yeah. So works on is the Turkish company, the Turkish barbell. Uh, ZKC and DHS are uh, both Chinese barbells. Uh, that's what it is. ZKC. Yeah. They, um, they're, they're both IWF approved. Uh, I, I've lifted on them a few times, but uh, they were so, uh, I don't know, their plates pretty much like fall apart immediately. So I've never really been interested in buying any of their equipment because uh, they just fall apart, which I'm sure they're saying, they're, I'm sure they're made in like the same facility as uh, as like the uh, the Rogue or the, you know, the, the old muscle driver plates. Because really what I've heard is like, what happens is they just have like one place that's like one city that's specialized in making like weightlifting stuff. So like all of the plates that are made in China are made in one factory or like their competitor, which is across the street. (laughs) So they're probably all made pretty close to each other because, you know, they're, um, there's not going to be a lot of variety there. And the, uh, What's the what's the company that makes it? I forget the name of the company that makes that took over Muscle Drivers' uh, uh, connection with uh, the Chinese supplier of those plates. But uh, they pretty much they're not like a big company. They just take them and they sell them to Sornex. They might sell them to well, I don't know if Rogue does. Rogue probably has their own now. But uh, they sell them to Sornex. They sell them to Carolina Strength Equipment. They sell them to all of these people, and they just brand them individually for. Uh, that company 
but they're pretty much all come. They are all coming from the same spot, and they. Uh, I don't know. They. Uh, they get good quality and they get bad quality. Like sometimes, like I'll buy some plates. Like I've got some plates that I got from Muscle Driver that are still going strong, and then I've bought other plates just recently from it's from a different company, but it's still that same supplier over in China. And I've got a big stack of them that are just broken up in the corner of the gym. So it's uh, it's like they use different rubbers over there and they, uh, they, they kind of fall apart too. So that's, I guess that's what you get from buying plates from China. It's just inconsistent and uh, mass produced. Yeah. You might get some good ones, but um, pretty much uh, Usaka is considered like the plate that's going to last you the longest time. Yeah, I've actually never tried anything Yusaka. I haven't tried a bar, plates, nothing like that. I would try it one day. Yeah, the first time I used Yusaka, I didn't like the bar so much. I liked the whip, but I didn't like the uh, I didn't like how slow it spins because they use a bushing instead of bearings, and uh, it is a little bit slower of a spin. But um, yeah, I wouldn't mind getting one for the gym, but they're pretty expensive. So maybe I'll. Uh, I'll start budgeting for it and get a, get a Yusaka bar and maybe one of these. Uh, Cause you're not going to see a lot of competitions in the United States because nobody sells Yusaka in the United States. I don't think um, there's a couple guys. There's a guy that I forget his, I forget his last name, but on Instagram, he's, he calls himself Yusaka Joe and he sells them, but it's like a, it's like a small operation. It's not like a, like works on USA when they were in business, they have since gone out of business. They would sell a lot because they had a guy that was connected with a lot of strength and conditioning uh, gyms. And I think actually um, Leo Totten was the CEO of works on USA for a while, a long time ago. And then somebody else took it over. So they had a lot of like uh, getting into colleges and stuff. So a lot of colleges will have works on which is pretty nice, but uh, Yusaka, I don't know if they're that big. We'll um, have to talk to Will and tell him to bring his bar in. I think yeah. he got one from Yuseka uh, Joe, the guy you were talking about on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, he did. I don't know, and he got the plates too. Um, and I've, I've heard good things about him. So, yeah, maybe I'll have to check those out, get some uh, get some Yusakas. And uh, uh, I don't think I'll buy any DHS or ZKZ. There was a guy down in Texas that was selling ZKC for a while. I don't think he's selling anymore. He's a real estate agent now. Um, I'm drawing a blank on his name. He ran 210 weightlifting um, down in Texas. I uh, can't believe I forgot his name. Oh, Steve Galvin. Uh, and I don't think he. Uh, I don't think he sells them either anymore. ZKZ. Well, there's that. Um, what is it? Lico set up that training center down in Texas, and apparently. The stuff that's on the floor after they're done using it ever so often, they'll auction it off for a lot of like basically a reasonable price. So probably look into that and get some new Lico bars or something as well. Yeah, I don't think I'll buy another Lico bar. I'm pretty disappointed in Lico's bars um, for how much they are. Uh, yeah, so I bought the bar and it didn't spin right. So I reached out to him and said, Hey, this bar doesn't spin right. Like, Oh, they said, just break it in. And, um, it never broke in. And it turned out that the bearing was just bad. Um, and it was bad from the beginning. And so then I finally remembered to call him up and this is a couple of years later. And I was like, Hey, this bearing's still bad. You told me to break it in. It still hasn't been broken in. It just doesn't spin well. And, uh, then they sent me another one 
because it does have a, uh, I bought the training bar, which I think has a 10 year warranty. So I bought that one. And uh, so they replaced it. And, uh, you know, the whip is good. It doesn't rust because it's got a pretty good coating on it and all that stuff and it's quality, but it just doesn't spin. And I don't, I just don't like their new design of that bar. It's just yeah. like a, yeah, we got one at the uh, gym on post. And because I used to carry around my Pyro Spar everywhere I went, and I seen they had a Leco in the front. So I went and grabbed it one day. And one side spins perfect, but the other side will not spin to save its life. Oh, really? Yeah. So you'll start like helicoptering if you get a snatch, <laughs> start twisting. Yeah. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Is Was it one of those uh, new bars? One of those um, next gen? Is what it said on there? Or was it one of the yeah. old ones? No, it's one of the new ones. The thing's like brand new too. No one ever uses it. It just sits behind the desk. No one knows what it's for. So. Yeah. All right, Delico. If you guys are listening to this, I don't like your barbell. <laughs> Come on now. Um, we're choosing rogue and their inconsistencies over yours. All right. Um, yeah. So then, uh, yeah, I'd like to buy Yusaka. I think that one would be the next one on the list to try. Um, but again, we're not going to compete in the United States with Yusaka. I, I doubt it. It's, it's just going to be too much. Rogue hooks up USA weightlifting too much because these competitions are so big now. Cause at this event, what did we have? We had three competition platforms and then there was at least six warm-up platforms for each competition platform. So you're six, 12, 18, and then you got your three, you're a 21. And then how many warm-up platforms do you think they had there in Denver, the training platforms? Mm, probably 10. So you're looking at 31 sets. Um, three competition sets and that's going to come over from Japan. That's expensive. Yeah. The training hall is pretty nice too. The bars are in good shape. All the plates are in pretty good shape too. Yeah. They do a good job with the, uh, with the events here. You know what I, I, uh, I found interesting. I was, so we were in Denver and it was just kind of fresh in my mind and there you've got those big rogue platforms and they're not like eight by eight. They're like the bigger 10 by 10 platforms. So they're pretty spacious and they've got a lot of room in between. And uh, I did, I saw a video of the world championships training hall going on in Uzbekistan right now. And they're using works on, and they've got the, like the eight by eight platforms over there. So they're a little bit smaller, still plenty enough room, but they're probably like a foot and a half apart from each other. Those things are stacked in tight. Like I wouldn't, I'm used to being in a gym but I wouldn't want to be walking around in that training hall because you're going to run into barbells going to snag you in the head because they got it so close together. Let's see if I can find like a, a video. Let's see. I'm sure it's going to be on like hook grip. Cause he, uh, he's been taking a lot of videos. Oh, all of his hook grips are stories. So you won't be able to see that if you're, if you miss it, but uh, some of the training hall footage is uh very tight. Yeah, I think, I think Travis Cooper just uploaded something on his page. So you can probably see it on there. All right, here we go. We got Travis. Yeah, so it looks like there's nobody in there right now. And he's in a on the back wall. So you can't really see how tight the rest of it is. Um, but yeah, they're still pretty close. They're still like only a foot. Just enough for the plates to be in between the next platform next to it. And... Uh, there's going to be a lot of people in there um, training. 
And sometimes those countries get kind of, uh, kind of tense against each other when they're in that training hall, they, uh, they're not too, uh, too friendly with each other. So, uh, I've heard some, some interesting stories about the, uh, the Georgians and the Iranians kind of button heads in training halls and stealing each other's, uh, assigned, uh, training hall platforms during the certain times. Yeah. I find it kind of weird that they're that close because they were talking about possibly getting stuck over there for quarantine and like COVID and stuff like that. And then the platforms are barely a foot apart. Yeah. Maybe that's why it was a uh, issue because they, uh, knew that Uzbekistan wasn't going to be doing anything about social distancing. <laughs> Uh, you guys are going to be competing in close quarters and yeah, cause they have to have a certain amount of training platforms to host all those countries. But, uh, I know some countries pulled out. I know China pulled out. Uh, so I guess this year is not, uh, it doesn't count in the qualification. I think January of next year is the first year that it starts in the qualification for the 2024 Olympics, which are in, um, Paris, I think. Yeah, it gave us a pretty good show at Nationals, though, because a lot of the USA athletes who pulled out came and competed. So it was fun watching them have some big lifts up there on the platform. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. So we uh, we got to see let's, – let's see who are some of them. CJ Cummings, uh, Christian um, Osar- Rodriguez Osario, at, uh, both in the 81s. Uh, and then you had Bo Brown in the – 89s uh he did pretty good he snatched like 150 something i think and then clean jerked he only clean jerked 180 and then he went to took a 14 kilo jump to 194 and made the clean and passed out and then missed the clean uh which is a pretty big clean for him and then uh on the women's side we get to see uh i don't think she was planning on going to worlds but it was uh jordan de la cruz uh there was Cecily, Kyle. Uh, who else was there in, on the women's Catherine side? Nye. Catherine Nye, Maddie Rogers. Uh, I don't know if Mary uh, made the world team or not, but she was there. I mean, she's she's got potential to uh, be on the world team. Um, yeah, I actually think Maddie's still going to Worlds, if I'm not mistaken. I think she was using um, AO Finals as like her last heavy day. No, really? Yeah, and then they hopped on a plane to go to go to Worlds. Yeah, I heard it was a 36-hour flight. Ooh. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, I saw uh, – yeah, there's a few people going over there. I know uh, – I saw Walt Neubauer there, uh, a coach, and then he was – flying out from Denver to go to Uzbekistan. And then um, Danny Camargo was out there. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, they got a lot of travel. I know Tim Swords went out to uh, Uzbekistan when he was not at AO Finals. So that, um, yeah, a lot going on. Yeah, they got the schedule all out of whack because usually uh, Worlds is uh, a little bit earlier than this. I think Worlds is in... The beginning of November, I guess they pushed it back to December because of the Olympics and scheduling and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, it'll be fun to be, keep watching the World Championships. So let's um, let's get into uh, American Open and how you guys did. Uh, so first up, you were a uh, eighty-one, and you and Tyree 
um, both uh, competed in the same session. And uh, it went pretty good. So you, uh, you actually put that YouTube video together. So I'll, let, uh, I'll reference the YouTube video for people who want to uh, know the ins and outs of all the, uh, all the numbers and the, the very specific recap, because that was a pretty cool video. You got to, uh, you got to show all of the, like, the warm-ups and everything, and then the first and second attempts and kind of all the way through it. And then uh, we had a Carl on the team was actually who lives in uh, Colorado Springs, was uh was nice enough to do some filming for us too, which made it, which made a lot of fun. Yeah. So yeah. what? Uh, how'd you feel good. about the competition? Uh, I felt good. Um, it was actually nice sharing the platform with Tyree because we basically just got to lock down a platform as a team and didn't have to worry about working with other coaches or any other teams. And then um, it was cool having a teammate too because you can kind of just ride off each other's energy. So like, Tyree's a very very uplifted lifter he likes to run around act crazy and put on a show so it gives you a little bit more energy and it gets you a little bit more fired up so it was nice yeah yeah he definitely uh yeah is the uh the type a personality brings energy in the gym which is fun yeah so th- that was pretty cool because he uh he sh- shared the platform with you and you guys had uh it, you know it worked out perfectly so he has a long warm-up he starts off with like muscle snatches but then he doesn't take as much rest and then he takes bigger jumps a little bit later. So your warmups actually like the timing wise worked out perfectly. And, uh, on snatches, it was just like one after the other, one after the other. And, uh, then, uh, Tyree is also out there on West Virginia weightlifting. So we had, um, coach guy out there with us and he was helping, coach as well because uh Tyree is part of West Virginia weightlifting's team and uh so that was nice to have another coach out there guys he used to uh compete with me or against me uh way back in the day so he's been around weightlifting for a long time so it was nice to have him there in the back room and you know it worked out well so what'd you end up snatching we uh so I ended up snatching 122 that was another nice thing about having a uh, Tyree on the platform because he normally snatches a little bit higher than me. So I had a number to chase or someone to chase, I should say. And it made it a little bit more friendly, a little bit more of a friendly competition. So that helped out. Um, 121, I should have had. That was my second attempt. I'm not sure what happened. Maybe I just sat too long. And then 122 was probably the save of my life when I caught it on my toes. <laughs> I was looking yeah. back at that video and um, I literally caught it on my toes. And like I'm literally sitting on my heels on my mm-hmm. toes luckily knees or nothing didn't collapse or touch the platform i saved it somehow but it was crazy yeah yeah you got amped up on that one yeah it was like oh, i gotta save this or you know <laughs> that yeah it was a, it was a good attempt i mean uh it was sloppy but you got two white lights so you know it uh it counts <laughs> so that uh that was pretty cool to see um and then, uh, so you went two for three in a snatch. Tyree went three for three and ended up hitting 125. Uh, and that was both a one kilo PR for both of you guys in the snatch. And then uh, going into clean and jerk. Uh, so really, we had the goal of a uh, 274 total to qualify for um, nationals. So we went out there. We opened up kind of light just to start building so we didn't jump right to it. And... Um, because the total that you needed, you pretty much open, you open up at 147 in the clean and jerk, and then you went to 152, which 
is uh, it was one fifty two, right? Yeah, one fifty two. Yeah, because that makes that and that uh, that was right there, pretty close to your PR. One fifty four is your PR. One fifty three. Uh, no, it's actually one fifty two. So, oh, so it was right on. Yeah, so then you uh, so you got a one kilo PR on snatch, and then you side your PR and clean and jerk. So that uh, that's a pretty good day. It's tough well, to do. Yeah, for competition day, I would say. Honestly, I PR both because the 152 I hit before was in training and it could have been considered a training make of the jerk. So yeah. I guess I'd honestly consider it um, PR for both. But yeah, um, I'm actually glad we started two a days because especially after going back and looking at that video, I noticed that like with snatch, I'm a little bit more like hesitant. Like it's like I'm still trying to find that groove. Mm-hmm. And then when you when you watch me start doing clean and jerk, it's like I'm almost not even trying because clean and jerk is, I'm just so more confident in clean and jerk when it comes to snatch. Yeah. That's what you, that's the goal. We'll, uh, we'll get you there. Just keep more, more frequency. I think it'll do it. Yeah, definitely. I noticed it yesterday. By the time I went back in the evening time, snatch was feeling a lot better. I was moving a lot better. So it's coming along. We got plenty yeah. of time until nationals, what, seven months? Yep. The end of June. So, uh, seven, seven and a half months. Um, nope. Six, six and a half months. Yeah. I don't know. Something like that. Seven and a half months. Uh, yeah. So then we got to start, uh, start our plan for that. Um, and I think you plan on doing university nationals, correct? Yeah. Universities well, nice. last year. Might as well give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that'll be fun. And then, uh, so Tyree ended up, uh, Again, he needed 274 as well to qualify for national. So on his second attempt, he took the weight. Uh, I think it was 149 that he needed to um, to qualify for nationals. So 125 and 149. And that was his second attempt, and he made that. And then he went out on his third attempt at 150, uh, 152, I think. Yeah, it was 152. Yeah, and then he missed the clean. Uh, so he went five for six, which uh, is one of his uh, best meets as far as consistency. So I was pretty happy to see that. And it was a uh, a PR national stage competition PR. Uh, I think he had done more in a local meet, um, but now his national meet total is kind of sneaking up too, which is good. You know, you want to be good. You don't want to just be like way better at one local meet and then not as good at nationals. And then eventually, you know, you get good at all of them and then you go, uh, you do your big totals at international meets is kind of the goal. Uh, so he, uh, he did good qualified for nationals. You guys both ended out with 274 and, uh, qualified for nationals, which was the main goal. I was kind of, um, yeah. So Tyree had the opportunity to take the lead, but he missed it. I was kind of, I was wondering how this was going to play out. It's uh, it's an interesting thing from a coach's perspective when you got two people so close to be like, all right, am I being biased by making these choices? Uh, but I think we made all of the choices for your weights and stuff just based on uh, just actually just what was there, you know, what uh, the day of. So like, I think everything was the right choice and 274 was the important total. And, uh, and Tyree did have the chance to take the lead and he, and he missed it. Um, and then you had to retake your, uh, what, what happened on your second, second clean and jerk? Oh, it was a press out on the jerk. Press out. Yeah, retake it. Yep. So yeah. you had to retake it. 
I mean, and to be fair, I blew I blew the opportunity twice because I had uh, – I, if I would have made 121, then I could have went up as well on snatch. And then I took 152 twice, so I had two chances too. So yeah, the, num- the numbers chances. were fair. You gave us yep. both the chance, both the opportunity, so – yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So, uh, that's something I always used to have to, uh, do with Travis. So me and Travis were training partners and we were in the same weight class and, um, yeah, we were always just kind of like, I don't, I don't remember exactly how it did. I, I'm sure Glenn always had some issues with kind of figuring out, well, actually Glenn wasn't coaching us then that's after he had his stroke and he wasn't doing a lot of competition coaching. So it was, it was actually just pretty much us coaching each other. And then making our own choices. And I think Don would occasionally come in and write some, some numbers down, but uh, yeah, it was fun. Uh, it was fun being in the same weight class as one of your teammates. Cause we went to a lot of competitions at the same, same thing and just kind of went back and forth. I don't think either of us ever uh, tied each other though. I don't think that ever happened, but uh, I remember one time it was at the Olympic trials and uh, man, I felt bad for Travis uh, cause he must've had his, the worst warm up session of his entire weightlifting career. He was missing, like he probably missed half of his warm ups, and, uh, like, and I was on the next platform next to him and I had to like turn around and face the other way. I was like, Oh man, I can't see Travis like <laughs> missing this much. Like, and, uh, it was getting to me, but he did good once he got out on the competition platform and made Pan Ams. And that's what he needed to make, uh, to actually try to make the Olympic team is to make Pan Ams. And then he actually did better at Pan Ams than I did. Uh, but yeah, his warmups at the Olympic trials, man, that was like a, that was like a lesson there. Like, eh, it doesn't really matter how bad your warmups go. Travis literally missed 50% of his warmups and he went out there. I don't remember what he did at the Olympic trials, but he did pretty good. I think he hit like a 330 as a 77 at the Olympic trials. So it, uh, you know, obviously competition you know the heat of the moment worked out for him um and he's competing at uh uzbekistan worlds this year so that'll be interesting to see that um so i'm getting off on a tangent uh the next lifter we had was uh andrew uh andrew was in the 96a session and uh yeah he did really good well we had a goal for him uh to try to hit the uh international standard which was uh 319 so we went out and snatched and we were pretty conservative and he put in some super low openers and um, then we jumped him up because he was looking good. And then he went three for three in the snatch, finishing off with 140. Uh, and he went three for three after a bunch of people miss. Um, I think a lot of people made. Um, so he put his opener super low and then we jumped it up quite a bit. And I think it messed up a lot of people's warmups. And so then everyone else was just missing reps. Um, it was really kind of hard to count that session because it was like, you couldn't really tell what people were going to be going out. And it turns out, I think just a lot of people were just too late on their warmups and they were rushing it. And so they were just behind, but um, Andrew did really good because everybody around him was missing weights, but he was making them. So that's kind of like a, I don't know. You know, sometimes like a session will kind of build on itself. It'll just keep an energy. We'll just keep green, green, green. Um, and then on the other hand, you know, if it starts off with a miss and it's just miss after miss after miss, you know, some of that is the clock turning, um, being into two minutes and kind of messing up people's rest. 
and then they have to wait too long and then that messes them up and they get more misses or they just seen a miss and there's just that little bit of extra pressure. But either way, he came out there and he just smoked all three of his snatches, finished up at 140. And uh, then uh, clean and jerk, we opened him up kind of light and made it easy. And um, then he ended up missing his uh, next two jerks at 176 and 179. And 179 was that number that he needed to hit the international qualifying total. So uh, for him to be able to go to like the meet, the international meet that's out there in um, New Zealand or the the one that's in Cuba, and I'm sure there's going to be a couple others that I'm forgetting, but uh, so he's right on that edge. So I think we're going to like encourage him to get into the uh, the testing pool, and then from there go to uh, potentially go to an international meet. So he's got a register. He's got a request to be part of the the USADA, the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency testing pool, so that they uh, will come out and test him if they so choose. If they wanted to test him, um, he just has to like request to be in that, and uh, has to be in that for six months, and then make that total, and then he can go to an international meet, and that's the next goal. Yeah, that one seventy nine was close though. The jerk, he almost had it. Yeah, he had it, and then he, uh, it was like just a little forward, and he was recovering forward, and then it missed it behind. Um, so yeah, that'll be exciting to see him because he's right there. Um, and I think it just, I think that'll make him a little bit more hungry, and then I think he's gonna hit that next, that next level there, and uh, and then start hitting it because he's competitive. He he could be a competitive A session lifter for sure. Yeah, I was uh, talking to him yesterday about the uh, RTP process. So if I'm not mistaken, I think he may have signed up yesterday for that. Oh, good. Yeah, the registered testing pool. That's what it was called. I was forgetting that. Uh, yeah, so that's good to hear. Um, so that'll be that'll be exciting to see uh, to see that progress. And then, uh, yeah, and so that was our whole team. Uh, Carl was our 61, and he was going to compete, but uh, he had a shoulder uh, had a minor shoulder injury and uh, it made more sense to not compete because you don't know if you just got something minor and then you, you, then you go heavy and then it turns into something serious and then it's even a longer debacle. You know, you just got to do the full recovery because if you, uh, if you end up tearing one of those shoulder muscles, even if it's just got a small tear, it can recover and you could be fine, no surgery. But then if you got to get into that whole, that surgery stuff gets expensive, it gets a pain. It's just not worth doing. Uh, I think that's a valuable lesson, uh, that some people don't, uh, quite understand is that, you know, injury is not worth one competition. You just got to keep that long, uh, keep the, uh, the long-term goals in mind. Yeah. It was driving him crazy though. You could see it. He was, I know. Trying, to, he was trying to lift the bar, see what it felt like mm-hmm. <laughs> running around watching everyone else lift. It was driving him crazy. Yeah. Cause he didn't pull out. Like he didn't pull out of the meat. Like, uh, or he didn't withdraw. Uh, he, he had his weigh in card and everything. He, he checked in at the front desk. He just didn't go weigh in because he was there. He's like, all right, I know I'm going to compete. And he's just like, I'm leaving. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see this and I don't want to, uh, yeah. Cause that was a smart idea. Cause I mean, if he, if he stayed there, he's like, ah, I might as well just weigh in and then like compete. And then if you really got, if you got injured, it's just like, ah, it wouldn't have been worth it. So it was a good call for him to leave. Uh, let yeah. his shoulder recover, get strong. 
Well, it was uh, a pretty good meet for all of us. Everyone qualified for nationals, so we got a pretty good, pretty good sized national squad. And then um, we got a lot of people going to Arnold too, don't we? Yeah, we got some people that have been talking about it. We don't have a full list on it yet, uh, so we'll have to talk. Uh, we'll have to get that full list up. But we've got some people that are interested in doing it. I think. Um, yeah, I know. I know quite a few people have mentioned it. So uh, maybe we'll see if we get a, a nice team down there to AO one. Yeah, I think that's what Carl was shooting for. If his shoulder is better, to try to hit that to qualify for nationals, and then um, Will was talking about going as well. And I think you mentioned Marson too, didn't you? Yep, Marson. And then um, there there might have been somebody else drawing a blank, but yeah, that would be cool to take some more people there. Um, I think we're going to do a local meet uh, sometime in February and uh, maybe get some more people qualified and kind of do a warm-up meet for uh, AO1 then. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Get some of the newer lifters in the gym. Yeah, I was looking at those PRs you uploaded the other day. Cedric's – or is that, that's his name, right, Cedric? Yep. Yeah, he's moving up the ladder pretty quick. That was, what, a 115 snatch? Yeah, 116 is what he hit. Uh, oh, 116, yeah. Yeah, and his best before that was 115. Um, so he's he's inching up. Yeah, so he uh, he hit 115 before he came to our gym, and he's been to our gym. This is his first max out. Um, yeah, the uh, we just started complexes too, which is like uh, so. For example, the snatch complex was three pulls, two power snatches, and one snatch, and then the clean and jerk complex was two power cleans two cleans and two jerks and uh cedric is not uh it's not in shape uh so he snatched 116 and then after he snatched 116 he took a few attempts at it uh he was pretty much like smoked he was tired and so he only cleaned and jerked to 140 and his best is like 155 so he didn't have the energy to clean and jerk big uh so then we started complexes and uh that's how he's gonna get better he's gonna get in shape doing all those complexes yeah because he uh we only had three sets of the complex, but then after each one, man, or after the snatches, he laid down and he was worn out. Um, yeah, so, I was going to say, those complexes are spicy. Uh, yeah. After I did those complexes, I was like, note to self, take longer rest between sets. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but you'll uh, you'll get in shape. And uh, I'm excited to see Cedric in the clean and jerk when he's in shape because um, really we just have to increase his work capacity so that you know he has the energy to – to, well, to have the energy to clean and jerk by the time he gets there, um, by the time he gets to those heavy weights, because he's strong enough. He's a uh, he uh, he squats two seventy five. It's a he's he's got the leg strength. Oh, he squatted two seventy five. He's done um, three hundred and twenty three twenty three, I think. So it'll be a it'll be interesting to see once he gets you know his work capacity in shape because his legs are still strong uh what he can do in a total because he'll be uh he'll be qualifying for uh aos pretty soon i think and then uh then we got kevin who also has been pretty consistent and he uh he was a he was a college uh pole vaulter uh so he's pretty athletic um but we're really kind of dialing in his weightlifting right now but once that kind of gets dialed in it'll be interesting to see see how he does uh, kind of inching up 
and I think he'll have a nice smooth progress of his weightlifting. Um, because he, yeah, he looks uh, he looks strong for some for a decent amount of weights. Yeah, we um, gotta get Carlos and Mac to AO or something. We gotta get them. Gotta get them in there. Yeah, yeah. So maybe we'll. Uh, I think in January we're gonna start getting Carlo back on. Uh, on some uh, more weightlifting. Right now he's been doing a bunch of strength stuff. So once he's strong, comes back and does some weightlifting. I think it'll transfer over well. Maybe yeah, we'll, we'll get him into that AO uh, AO series. That'd be fun to take him out there too. And then uh, and then Mac is doing good. Mac just hit. Uh, he just snatched one sixteen the other day. Uh, at states he snatched 114 and then um then in the gym the other day he snatched 116 so i think he's coming back around from his uh from his knee injury i think he'll be back up to 120 in no time i think he said he took some attempts at 120 but just didn't quite have it so um he's he'll be hitting that i think he i think he actually hit the qualifying total for ao1 so maybe he'll want to go up there too yeah, so hopefully we'll have a we'll get more and more of these uh, this team out to national competitions and uh, keep having fun like this. And uh, yeah, what a I think that's uh, I think that's it. I think that uh, that'll wrap us up here today. I think I've got to go and I got to go pick up my son from the bus stop. And uh, so that's all the time we got for today. Um. We were off last week because we were in uh, we were in Denver, but uh, we we brought all the computers and stuff. But then uh, we just never got around to actually doing it. We stayed busy. We just got too excited watching all this weightlifting. We just stayed and watched uh, everybody compete instead of going to the hotel room and doing a podcast. But nothing exciting. Nobody barged in. No, the U.S. Marshals didn't uh, didn't interfere with our podcast. So you guys didn't miss much. So we'll uh, we'll be back this week on uh, you know with every week an episode every week. All right, George. Uh, so where uh, where can people find you? All right, you can find me on Instagram at George eighty one kg or on the House of Weightlifting Instagram as well. Uh, thanks for having me, James. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and then uh, you can find um, the gym at House of Weightlifting on Instagram and uh, James Tatum USA. And then um, George is also a coach. So if you're looking for some coaching or anything like that, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, Our website is houseofweightlifting.com. And uh, thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe and leave some reviews. That helps us out.